Well, hello and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable. So here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hey, if you haven't already done it, please don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That sounds very promotion-y. That was crazy because I wasn't watching you talk. I was like spaced out to the backyard. Yeah. And I just thought you had that pre-recorded because it sounds the same so many times. Wow. So, very good. Thank I'm you. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, my guest today is TB, affectionately known by everybody who he loves as TB. Yes, sir. Maybe some people who don't love you call you TB. Probably. Probably so. Um, I knew him as little Taylor Burchett. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Way yep. back in the day. Um, yeah, but hey, you know what, though? Honestly, for those of you guys listening, one of the best things you could possibly do if you really like this podcast and even if you hate this podcast, it doesn't really matter. If you want me to keep podcasting, uh, is subscribing to some form of it. So Taylor or TB, I'm just reminding you. I, I subscribe. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a subscriber. I'm a subscriber. All right. So, uh, a couple, so I, man, we got all sorts of things we can talk about. Oh, this could go a thousand different a ways. A thousand different ways. So let's, I'm going to just go back and see, we'll just see where it takes us. But okay. I mentioned, I knew you as little Taylor Burchett. Um, and, and there is a shift. Okay. So we're also going to talk about this because, um, the name Burchett, um, <laughs> went through a transformation Yes, because it, it went from Burchett to Burchett. Yes. When did this happen? Um, I remember it happening probably when I was in middle school. Okay. I remember, um, I went to a life Christian academy, went to a Christian school, pretty sheltered kid. So we didn't know a lot of cuss words. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> it was sixth grade. I remember it very vividly. And this kid came up to me and said, uh, starts laughing at me. I'm like, what are you laughing at? And he's like, your last name. And of course, if you know anything about Life Christian Academy, my grandfather started it. My dad runs it. When I was in school, still runs it. I work there now. So the Burchett name was very well known. So I'm like, why are you laughing at my last name? And he said, it sounds like bird poop. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I, I wasn't was going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. But way to be on the trigger. I like that. I like that. No. And so I remember being so traumatized. I started crying. I go to my mom's office. I'm like crying. I'm like, oh, wow. he's making fun of me. And so shortly thereafter, and then my sister was like a dancer in the dance world and they could never say the name right. So we just started calling it Burchette. Yeah. So that way it didn't sound like bird poop. Right. So yeah. <laughs> That's good. I, well, and the thing is, I I I say it like 50-50. Sometimes yeah. I say Burchett. Sometimes I say Burchett. I feel like it's it's kind of like for me, late at night, I start getting an accent. <laughs> like during the day, I'm, you know, non-regional diction. And then by the time it gets to the evening, I'm like, man, what yeah. you guys want? The oaky starts yeah, coming man, out. Yeah, man, let's here. get around a fire pit. <laughs> yeah. Just hang out. It's the fire pit, man. I think it is the fire pit. But uh, so, yeah, so it's about half the time for me. But I think it, it's... it's uh, so, so we're going to talk about things in, uh, we're going to use it like AD and BC. Okay. So yeah, this is like when it was Burchett. Yeah. So BC, <laughs> so yeah. I knew you, <laughs> Taylor Burchett, and then I knew you as TB or Taylor Burchett yeah. later on. Um, no, but so I was working. Okay. So a couple things here. You're, you're both of your grandpas 
yes. were pastors. Yes. So I had uh, my dad's dad was Dwight Burchett or Burchett as everybody knew him. Yeah. Nobody uh, ever knew Dwight Burchett. No, nobody knew Dwight Burchett. <laughs> it was Dwight Burchett. Right. Uh, and so I think it's just a new generation thing. I'm going to take, I'm going to take credit for it. You so should. if there's any cousins or anyone listening, I did that. So you're welcome. <laughs> no. Uh, so he was a pastor of Life Christian Ministries, Union Grove, whatever you want to, there's many different names. It got changed to East Point. But then um, my mom's dad was a pastor in Choctaw, started a church there, uh, and his name was Dick Temple. Right. And so I, if we were not at my dad, if we weren't at Life Christian Ministries, when we went to go visit or vacation, I did yeah. air quotes, we were at Bethel. <laughs> right. <laughs> And your dad, I don't know if you knew this, you probably did, but your dad was responsible for me getting my first ministry job. I did not know that. Yes, he was. Wow. Cause, so, because his father-in-law was yeah. Dick Temple at, at Bethel Church, and I was leading worship in the youth group at Life Christian, and okay. uh, and I got a call from him one day from That Dick was Temple. my dad, the youth pastor at that time? No, your okay. dad was just, uh, yeah, he was just at the school. Okay. And so... Uh, yeah, I got a call and from Dick Temple, and he's like, "Jeremy." <laughs> he <laughs> never says hello. I know. He's like, "I'm Dick Temple," and yeah. he's introduced himself. I love that guy. Anyway, so he he said they needed a you know somebody to fill in for worship, and asked if I could fill in. So I did, and and that afternoon he talked to me about if I'd be interested in coming on staff. Yeah. It was pretty quick, and then uh, I, I maybe it wasn't that afternoon. I, he asked me to lead one more week, and maybe it was that following week, but. But yeah, then all of a sudden I'm 19 years old starting in full-time ministry. and Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. And uh, I was only 19 for a, a month, but like for me, still, I'm owning it. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, even a 20-year-old is pretty crazy, yeah. especially when all the other staff are in their mid-50s. <laughs> it was like- Yeah. That's hmm. what I'm kind of going through now as a teacher at Life oh, Christian Academy. <laughs> Dude, I bet. Yeah. Where I started when I was 22. Right. The teachers that taught me in fifth and sixth grade were still there. Oh. And so it's just like, a, I, I, so I feel you. So you know. I, I know the pain, man. Dude. I know it. Well, it was wild because, so this was what I, my first memory of you, not my, maybe not my first, but the one that really sticks out is... It was summer and you were staying over at, what did you call him? Did you call him grandpa or papa? Grampy. Grampy. You were at, Gran that's right. You were at Grampy's well, house. Well, we lived right next door. Right. I lived in that house. Yes. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Not with you. No. <laughs> we were roommates. No. <laughs> close. Close. Yeah. Um, so you were staying, uh, it, well, yeah, it was summer. So you just came over to the church and I sat you down on the drum kit and put headphones on you and. Yeah, How they, old were you? You're like eight, seven, no, I would six? Have, I would have been Five, because, four, three, two, one? yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of muddy. Yeah. Um, well, because we that was before, out. that was before you had rented the house. Yes. Correct. So I had to have been maybe four. Wow. Because when I was, uh, when you rented the house, we, that's because we moved to Tulsa and that was when I was four to five years old. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, because yeah, it would have had to been because yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't even on staff there in '99. I, I left by '99. Yeah. So yeah, holy smokes, man! Yeah. So you were just a little tyke. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I thought, man, what the freak? He's messing with my drum kit. Yeah, I probably was. Yeah, no. breaking stuff. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't care. Especially because it's digital drums. It didn't yeah. even matter. Nobody else could but, hear me. Exactly. I remember the old ladies walking out and they're like waving at me. And I just, I, was, I thought I was a rock star. In the zone. Yeah. Well, the crazy part is, um, after it switched to Burchett. Yeah. Now <laughs> we're, we're AD. Older, yeah. AD. Um, you end up, I'm, I'm now working at East Point. Yeah. 
where your other grandpa was pastor <laughs> yeah. at the time he wasn't lead pastor but he was on staff there yeah and um and i'm working there and you're there and playing drums with me but for real with a click track yeah so i <laughs> i'll never forget so i started playing drums when i was in sixth grade my parents were like what do you want for christmas and i said i want a guitar and i'd already taken guitar lessons and did like two lessons and hated it and so christmas shows up and there's a drum set there so for one i'm stoked because i'm like cool this is a drum set two my parents didn't know what they were getting themselves no into. doubt they <laughs> did it not wasn't, ask anybody no no advice at all because <laughs> it's not a digital set so and so they're trying to buy the different drumsticks to make it quieter and so that just never that's worked. not even a thing no not at all <laughs> so uh i started playing at our school we had for our choir we would have a worship band and we did uh, chapels and stuff like that. And so I started playing drums in my seventh grade year. Um, but I remember the first time I played drums cause we had a youth band. We did all right. of this stuff, which I do have to say, I listened when, uh, you had Jeff Donaldson on yeah, and there was some falsehood in that. <laughs> He's not the last person you auditioned because I think our whole youth band had to go through like, well, okay. A month. Well, <laughs> a that's month probably longer. true. Yeah. No, it wasn't really an audition. <laughs> it was more of just like, it was like, do you suck? No. <laughs> it honestly wasn't an audition. It was more of, you were trying to help us learn how to yeah. play on a crypt click track because i mean if you can imagine eighth ninth tenth 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 grade kids uh we thought we had made it we thought we were going to be rock stars and mm -hmm. we looking back we couldn't play for let anything. me just tell you a story that will make you feel better okay so when i was the youth worship leader at that same church mm -hmm. right um we were the guy i held in really high regard jim mcdowell great band guy right he yeah. was the band teacher at the school yeah and uh, I went in and we had recorded. Our youth band had recorded. I mean, very we, similar we story. Too, exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. I was like listening to your recording. So all of it was flashback for me. Yeah. And I sent it, uh, or I went over and I was playing it for Jim. And he goes, man, you guys are really tight. When he said that, I was like on cloud nine. Uh -huh. And then he followed it with, you speed up and slow down together. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you guys have great chemistry. <laughs> exactly. And I'm, I'm like, oh. Is that good or bad? <laughs> yeah. No, I remember the first time, because when we did youth band, we didn't play with a click. It was just kind of that thing. We didn't even have monitors or anything. So it was as janky as it oh, can get. Oh, that was Garage Band, right? Yeah, pretty much. Not the app. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember uh, all of our drummers were gone. And so you had texted me and you were like, hey, I need you to play in main service yeah. with a click track. And I was like, I was sweating bullets. But I was like, ah, I got it. I've been playing drums long enough. And I'll never forget, Blake Donaldson was on bass. He had the talk back mic. And I'm just in the zone on the slow song. BPM's probably like 68. I'm just in the zone, just, you know, just worshiping, doing my own thing. Um, and then I realized that you're almost rapping the song because I'm going so fast and Blake's in my ear like, slow down, we gotta slow down. We gotta, and I'm just, you know, just, and then I'm like, cause you know, you're building up the bridge and, right. if, and so you're just getting, I'm getting into it. I'm like, it's my first time in big service. <laughs> and I will never forget that because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna play drums again. Jeremy's just <laughs> never gonna ask me to play again, so. Well, sometimes you just don't have choices. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're the last resort. <laughs> no, it's funny though but and, and and of course you know this about me i think today um but i love i love developing people yes. right i love getting them in that place and and we're doing that right now just started here a couple months ago at a new church and and uh helping them through their worship 
you know, transition and there's yeah. a lot, and I brought you in, you're playing with me once a month there, which is a blast. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's comfortable for me. I mean, at the very least it's comfortable. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, we're just now like we introduced the click track about six, seven, eight weeks ago. I think I was the first you person were. that played with the click track. You because were. <laughs> I remember one of the singers, it was an older lady. I think she was like, what? She was like confused. Like what, what is what that? Is that? Yeah. Like, I don't want that in my head. I'm like, nope, you, you need it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's really the thing is like, um, you know, I always tell people, it's like, I get that you hate it, but yeah. you're going to love it eventually. Yeah. And you, if you learn to love it. Right. It, it's for me, it's one of those, it's, it gives me the freedom to fluctuate. Yeah. Oddly enough. No, for sure. You know what I mean? It's the only thing that's constant throughout the entire thing. Right. And so uh, it's the loudest thing in my head, in my mix, right. just because it, it doesn't disturb what we're doing because you can play almost around it mm -hmm. as long as everyone's on it. Right. And that's, yeah. And so that's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, I get more nervous not playing with a click now than playing with a click. Right. Because I know I can be solid and be on it. But when we don't have a click, I'm, I'm trying to really pay attention to what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm thinking, please stay, everyone stay with me, please <laughs> right. everyone, because if not, this is going to be a train wreck quick. And the scariest thing to you is hearing some musicians say, Hey, can you turn the snare down in my mix? <laughs> yes. yeah, no. The drums are too loud. I'm like looking at this sound and you're like, do not <laughs> just tell them you turned it down. Yes, just exactly. Tell them. Just lie. That's exactly. the only acceptable lie in church. <laughs> right. No, we turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> Is that good? My favorite one is, is that good? And it's not Nothing's moved. happened. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, that is the funniest thing. I, I will look at people now because I've told them that story many times when you're running sound. And they're like, all right, that's good. A little more, a little more. All right, that's perfect. And yeah. you've done nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. Like, man, that's funny. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that to me, what's really cool and it makes me feel old at the same time because uh, I am. I mean, it's okay. I'm 45. <laughs> we'll be 45 here in a month or two. And but, but I think it's neat to be able to see that development and the idea that you were four or five years old yeah, jumping on drums and now you're 30, almost 30? 28. 28, okay. Almost 30. Thank God, because honestly, it was making me feel like terrible. Like, oh, I'm am so old. Yeah. Well, I've started doing that now because like Morgan and, and yeah. you know, Ty and guys your age that I knew as kids, they're all getting so close to yeah. 30. I'm just like, all right, you're 30. I'm yeah. just accepting it. It's just that group. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, Ty and Ryan are th turning 30 this year, I believe. Okay. And Morgan. I'm the kind of like the younger right. one so I'm in, not crazy. in our group. No. Okay. Thank God. I didn't. That's that's still bad, though. Yeah. I mean, we need to get Ryan on the podcast. We really do. I haven't seen or talked to Ryan since before COVID. Really? I think so. I mean, we probably texted, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. He doesn't like me. He's kind of a loser, so. Well, it happens. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. I know he doesn't listen to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I can ask him to listen, and, and he, he won't, won't listen. Yeah. No, I know. He'll It'll tell be... me he did, but. Oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> really? What part did you like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that part you were talking was really good. Yeah, it's exactly what he'd say. <laughs> the one where you and Jeremy were talking to each other. Oh, the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, it is cool, though. It's neat to see that, uh, see you guys all develop. I, I was going through a hard drive the other day, and found some old pictures of, of some other guys is that you guys were in it because it was uh, your youth band that you referenced. It oh, was man. a summer fest. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Was it the one guys. that our, our band won battle of the bands, but it was our youth band against other churches, youth band sponsored by our church and our youth band won. Probably. <laughs> I will never forget. It was like 
the brother Morgan's brother, you and like one other judge were like, we're for sure going to win. Cause it's the people we know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I give it to him out of care. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually it was that the same year that, that Steven's band was playing from Bethel. Yeah. Okay. And then they had the ground zero band that we yeah. had done battle of the bands like two you or three You guys were arch nemesis. Yeah, we, we were, we were rivals. <laughs> oh man good times really seriously i'm sitting here <laughs> thinking i remember okay so on this uh podcast i had a dude on um curtis mcmurtry who was a he's a researcher right okay so i had him on talking about covid because he yeah. had worked on the vaccine oh oh wow yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i mean it was neat because I, I was like so what's up with these freaking masks yeah <laughs> i just called him out on it but um what was I going to say about that? I don't even remember what I was going to say now because I was all caught up on that. I'm sorry. I distracted you. That's all right. doesn't really matter. It's live, live podcast recordings. Yeah. So changing subject. Anyway. All right. So what I want to talk about is I want to go back. We talked about how um, your, both your grandparents yeah. were pastors. We talk a lot about um, pastor's kids. Like okay. on my spiritually wounded podcast, which is now the Redux Church podcast, we we've talked a lot through like how church wounds has affected people and things like that. Yeah. But I'm curious, what was it like for you growing up? Because to me, it I would guess it would be a little similar to like my son Gabe, who grew up as a worship pastor's kid. Yeah. Which isn't the same as a pastor's kid. No, but it's similar. It is very similar. So, um, it was weird. I'll be, cause not only were both of my grandpa's pastors, but the school I went to was ran by my dad. Right. So I felt like I was always in a fishbowl. And I even remember having conversations with my mom where it was just like, because when you're both, when both your mom and your dad work at the school you go to, you don't get away with anything because <laughs> you try to do something. And instead of like back then email really wasn't a thing. Right. And so instead of a note going in my agenda or a phone call going to my parent mm. on the teacher's lunch break, they just go tell them. Yeah. And then on my lunch break, instant retribution, instant. And then it was like, if you got in trouble at school, you're getting in trouble at home. And so I was like doubly in trouble. <laughs> now see, wait a minute. Now that one, I, I'm sorry. Listen, Mr. B, yeah. Joey, if you guys are listening, I'm sorry. I'm calling you. That's wrong. If he's, if he's your kid, you're at the school. That's the same thing. Yeah. The reason you get in trouble at home when you get in trouble at school is because your parents didn't get to participate. You got to participate. Yeah. yeah so it was, so it's always weird. And then when I got older, I mean, all of us Burchettes look almost exactly alike. And so <laughs> yeah, if true. I ever was in like the Midwest city, Oklahoma city area, people were like, Oh, are, are you related to Dwight? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's my grandpa. If I'm in the Choctaw area, they're like, Oh, are you Dick Temple's grandson? <laughs> so I felt like, like when I was getting older and trying to get into some trouble and stuff, I was so nervous of getting caught just because I was like, oh, they're for sure going to know because I look just like my dad, my uncles, my grandpa. So if I'm in Midwest City, which is where all my friends live, then that's going to be trouble. If I'm in Choctaw, then I'm just going to get in trouble too. Well, so. right. And not only that, but like, uh, you know, because especially um, in Choctaw, the, you know, Bethel Church is one of the most prominent churches yes. there. In, in Eastern Oklahoma, county life christian slash east point was one of the huge is massive church right so even like law enforcement like if you got in trouble with the police they oh yeah they would just know who you are because yeah. one of those guys went to one of those churches yeah one time uh 
me and my girlfriend, we went to a movie. We left my car at the school. The movie ran late. So we got back at like midnight and we're in my car and a police officer pulls in hmm. and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I was like, Where you, we dropped my car off. And he's like, do you know whose property this is? And I was like, well, my wallet right here, it, I'm a Burchett. So yes, I do. They're like, oh yeah, I know your grandpa. <laughs> oh, my, oh my gosh. So you're exactly right. There is no way I could have got away Can't with escape that. anything. Yeah. So let me, t- let me ask you this. Okay. I saw you writing something down. Yes. So now I'm a little nervous. Well, it's okay. So I wouldn't forget. One of them is so benign. Okay. But the other one is not. Okay. And that's the one we're doing now. Uh, so the shadow of the name Burchett, mm-hmm. what kind of pressures have you functionally felt, if any, yeah. I, I won't assume that, of living up to some standard or or any version of that? Like, how has that affected you now that you're approaching 30? Like, yeah. you know, what's that done for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I honestly haven't ever felt a lot of pressure my parents did especially my dad did a very good job of like hey you don't you don't have to be involved to the school my sister's not involved in quote-unquote the family business yeah or anything and and or anything like that um so there wasn't i never felt any outside of school i mean like i said i felt like i was living in a fishbowl for a little bit right uh, but once i kind of got out i never really felt a lot of pressure um, there could have been outside pressure put on me, but I didn't let it bother me. Um, I knew from a pretty early age in high school that I did want to be involved in, again, quote unquote, the family business. I mm-hmm. wanted to be involved in the school and I wanted to do all that. Um, and so I don't know if that took pressure off of me or anything like that. Um, I think it does. Yeah. I think like with Gabe, he, he, <laughs> in kindergarten, his kindergarten graduation at Live Christian, Christian. <laughs> which is the last time he went there. Ironic. Now nah, I think he went through third grade, but anyway, but still, um, but he said he wanted to be a worship leader like his dad. Yeah. And I've been trying to discourage him off of that <laughs> ever since. Yeah. I remember in fourth grade, we had like a project of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I brought my dad's shoes and stuff. <laughs> oh, I wow. think that was kind of like, cause I knew I wanted to do something like that. I didn't like in fourth grade, I didn't, I wasn't like, I'm going to be the next owner of life. Christian. But sure. I knew I looked up to my dad a lot. I got to spend a lot of time with him. He was my, uh, he was a teacher. He was a coach. So we got to go to camps together. We got to spend a lot of time together. And so, um, I got to, so I think that kind of took pressure off too, because it wasn't, it was never brought to me where it was just like, your calling is to take over life Christian Academy or your calling is to be a pastor because that, that never really was a pressure that was put on me and kudos to my parents because I know that, especially in that kind of dynamic where your dad starts a huge, very successful ministry where we, where you have old, I don't know how many, I'm not going to say a number of members, but you have this great flourishing well, church. There's definitely over a thousand in its heyday. Yeah. 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 And then not only that, but you have, you're running a church, but you're also running a school that is at that time was a very flourishing uh, school and then it's, I mean, it's divided by the brothers and there was never any pressure of like, Hey, this you're up next. Like you better get ready type stuff. Because then there would have been a lot of pressure right. of, am I good enough? Am I this? But I just kind of got to 
once once I graduated, I kind of just got to go off on my own path. Uh, I know my mom. I scared my mom a lot because, <laughs> but she gave me that freedom to fail. I know yeah. you talk about that a lot. She gave me that freedom to fail, and he, and so did my dad. To where I knew that the end goal was to be at Life Christian Academy and eventually take over. I just didn't really know when you're 19, 20 years old, you really don't know a lot, but yeah. I didn't know how I was going to get there. And so they let me kind of figure that out on my own. So like That's I said, huge. kudos to them for not shoving it down my throat. Cause I probably would have ran from it. Yeah. Uh, they let me kind of find out that, yes, this is actually what I want to do. So. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. And I think it is key. Uh, you know, I think too, one reason, and this is total speculation here, yeah. but it makes sense to me anyway. Um, I would imagine that all your dad and his brothers probably felt a pressure you never felt and that's why you never felt it i, I imagine probably. they probably thought to themselves i don't want my kids to feel this yeah and and i'm not even saying that dwight put that on them um but just from the standpoint of other people you know we talk a lot about in the redux church podcast that we've especially in recent episodes about how people put pressure on probably more so than anybody else yeah. And so, uh, and I have my own know. thoughts on that too. Well, share if, if we need to go. Well, this isn't the, Redux I know it's podcast. not the podcast, but what a great crossover. <laughs> no. So everybody needs to go back and listen to, uh, I don't know what episode number it is, but here in the last couple of weeks, Redux church podcast, you can find it at streamgrace.com. Go. Oh, oh gosh. Now I feel pressure. No. Now I did it. Yes. <laughs> well, no, well, well, let's just talk about that real quick and I'll set the scene for this. So okay. you guys don't actually have to go and listen to it. Um, but but we talked about how uh, Israel um, yeah. cried out for kings, yep. and all those kings started out great and ended up sucking. <laughs> this is the very Cliff's Notes yeah. version. Um, but but how the people, like I said, Israel, the people cried out, and so in today's modern church world, um, I postulated that that same exact thing still happens. And now your comments. Yeah, I think um, my biggest thing, and I have a very unique uh, church journey uh, that we don't have enough time to go into all of that. Episode um, two, three. We'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can get to it eventually. And so what I've had to learn recently is, is that, and, and I think it, it might be a new, it, it seems like a new thought that a lot of people are trying to latch onto is that pastors and ministers and people in the ministry are people too. Right. And sometimes that's hard to accept. That's hard to, because you see them, they're elevated on a platform, whether you want to call that literal or uh, hypothetical. Yeah. But, and so naturally we see this person elevated and they're talking about God and they're giving you direction and they're trying to help you out in whatever way. And so we automatically elevate them. And that's not fair to that pastor. Right. Because now talk about pressure. Yeah. yeah. Now, not only does he have to worry about his family, but he's got to worry about in my grandpa sense, it's thousands of people. Right. And so they carry a burden that was designed for God. They do. And, and I'm it's forced upon them. In I'm, many ways. I'm hoping, I guess I should say, it's my hope that people now understand that that's just a person too. Right. And allowing him, I don't want to say allowing a pastor to fail, but knowing that he's, he might make mistakes. He sure. might, he might feel upset that he's poured in, hours and hours and all of this love just for that person to say forget you right like it it hurts it hurts me whenever i hear someone say well uh that pastor just didn't have any love well how do you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what i mean like because he didn't 
I mean, you, there's just so many different circumstances. And I think that it's important for people to understand that those are, they're people too. Right. And I think that's a newer thought that is seeping into people to mm-hmm. where they can see people. And I mean, pastors put it on themselves sometimes too. They like to elevate themselves. Well, that's the problem. And that's really where I land is that, yeah. you know, I was asked, and I don't know if I talked about this in the episode or not, but I had, in fact, your grandpa asked me, uh, Dwight asked mm-hmm. me about pastoring in, okay. in the conference and if I would take over, not take over, but come in as a pastor. Yeah. And, uh, and I said no. And then, and then when we were doing home church, um, that was the direction that people wanted me to go into is be the senior pastor. And yeah. I'm like, no. And that, one of the things I told my wife is I said, as much as I am aware of what people will do and try to elevate me and being aware of that, I think I'm the one of the best candidates on the planet at being able to avoid yeah. seeing myself higher than I should. Yeah. But I said... Even with that, I still think I'll fail. I, not fail at being a pastor. Fail at no. keeping myself grounded. Well, I always, so I coach yeah. high school kids. And um, one of the most discouraging things that ever happens is when a kid comes in and God bless their soul, but they're just not good at basketball. Yeah. But I say, what are your goals? And they say, I'm going to play in the NBA. Yeah. And then <laughs> I have patience for the kid because, hey, you haven't really seen reality, but then it's when the parent comes in. My kid's playing in the NBA. And my kid's going to play in the NBA. And then just, that's all they feed him. Yeah. You're going, you're great, you're great, you're great. Well, then when he doesn't start on the varsity team, he's like, he wants to quit. And I feel like, I say that analogy to say, yeah. it's hard as a person, if you have a group of people that are that are elevating, hey, you're so great, you have all this wisdom, you have all this, you mm-hmm. do all that. It's hard as a person not to. At some your, point, you're going to believe it. Puff your chest out a little bit. And say, yeah, I do got it all together. Right. I am great. You can't. It, and, and that's the thing. I don't think it's a matter of if it's when. How long yeah. can you last before you let that seep in? And I and I believe this part of it. I think the immunity vest. If we're going to speak in terms of I don't know Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> for some reason. I think what would would solve that problem is really understanding who you are in Christ because yeah. nobody's compliments can puff you up beyond what Christ has done for you. Exactly. Right. So when you understand who you are, nothing, everything else pales in comparison. And I think that we get lost in that moment. And to your point, all church leaders are humans just like everybody else. And they are, are made, they are told by the people who are under their ministry, so to speak, um, who partake in it, we'll say that they have changed their life, that they're amazing. Well, they didn't really. Yeah. They were a tool used by God. This podcast, this is one of the things I love about podcasting because I can go and see how many people have downloaded an episode. Yeah. But I hardly anybody ever tells me anything about what it's done or not done for them. Yeah. Right. I know that some people listen because, you know, they'll reference something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, but even then, I don't know if that, I don't know my conversations. I'm having yeah. a conversation. <laughs> when we leave, when we get done with this, I've got another podcast recording this evening and we're going to hang out by the fire pit and we're going to have more conversations yeah. that aren't going to be recorded. Exactly. And I don't know which one was recorded and which one wasn't, <laughs> right? So I can get confused really easy on that. But, yeah. but I think the whole thing is what's beautiful is it insulates me from ever feeling like yeah. I'm anything right? It, I could be changing the whole world and I'm not going to know that. Yeah. And that's a great thing. No, that's great. And I have something I want to say, and then I'm going to segue into that. Yeah. I think it's important for pastors or anybody that's in the ministry to have, to 
know without a doubt their identity in themselves and their identity in Christ. Because if you know your identity, if I know, hey, I'm nothing without Christ, I am nothing without God, and I'm, you can come to me and ask for help, and and I'll say, hey, hey, brother, I'll pray with you, and whatever answer I will try to say, and I'm not just saying me in general, but yeah. if your identity is in Christ, you can you have that mentality of, hey, this is not me speaking. I'm just this is a vessel. This is what I had a conversation with Johnny after church this yeah. last Sunday, and I was just like, hey, I don't know where this is coming from. It's not from me but this is what I have. And if you have that kind of identity where you know without a doubt, then it's hard for someone to say, well, you, right. you did that for me. Cause then if you know that it's not, that's not my identity, I'm not the savior. I'm not a savior. I'm just a vessel. Right. And so um, I think that's very important. And I think that's where you find uh, a lot of dying churches mm-hmm. is cause they've lost their identity. Not only the church, but the pastor has lost their identity. And instead of it being a people focused, it becomes me focused. And I think that that, but again, that's a whole nother deal. What you're talking about with kind of being insulated with, within a podcast, I think I say this a lot and I don't think COVID was a good thing. You're right. But, and I think we've had this conversation because we, during COVID, me and Morgan were over here probably twice a week. Yeah, and I like to, great. <laughs> I like to joke around and say that I was, the, I was part of the brainchild of, yes. of Stream Grace Network. Cause you we talked a lot, were. we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. We're going to talk. In fact, I, was, I have, that was my other note was to talk <laughs> oh, about that. So go ahead. Uh, I think one great positive that can come out of COVID is that uh, two things, one on the church side, meaning the building side or the organization of church, they had to get with the times. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people that weren't using their digital platform like they could. Um, and COVID forced that to happen. And so now if you think about it, they, a church, I have a, my old athletic director, his name's coach Hill. He's still at the church. He churches or he peach, uh, preaches at a church of about I would say 75 people max. Yeah. And that's if everyone's brought their whole family. Sure. But he started just doing stuff on Facebook and he'd get four or 500 views. Mm-hmm. Just think of that one church's outreach now. Right. The word of God has now, instead of meeting 75 people, are meeting four to 500 people. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the math, I mean, it's someone could watch it multiple times, but still, now that's just one church. Now, now this we're in this uh i listened to a guy his name's brady Shear. um he said we're in the biggest tech our biggest communication shift since the printing press yes and so we have all i can reach out to anybody in the world within five seconds mm-hmm. and so how so now churches were forced to spread the word and the gospel and everything so the word of god's getting out to millions of people that might not have been able to just because of a pandemic. Now, again, I'm not saying the pandemic was good in any ways or anything like that, Yeah, I mean, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't scoff at you <laughs> if you did. It was, it allowed the church organization to do that. It also allowed the people to realize the church organization isn't the end all means of getting a relationship with Christ, right? That there are other means and other ways to develop a, a relationship. I didn't have to, I don't have to go to a church building and talk to a pastor to build a relationship. Right. And so that, I think that was <laughs> a pretty huge. Big important thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I mean, but you think about just how it's been done for generations. That's how it was. If you wanted any information, you had to call the church or you had to go to the church or right. stuff like that. And then you get into 
different denominations, they had different rules and everything like that. And so now, like, and I tell people this all the time, when I go to a church, I'm not looking for the best speaker or the best praise and worship. Because if I want to listen to the best of the best speaker, I can go listen to a podcast of Greg Groeschel, Stephen Furtick, who name a pastor, right. and I can go listen to him. If I want to listen to the best worship, I have Spotify. Right. I can listen to Elevation Worship. I can listen to people that make make a living doing that. Right. But what I want is I want somewhere where I feel like I'm loved. Yep. I feel like I can connect. I can create a community and somewhere where I have the capability of just talking to people. Yeah. And so it has to, so churches are now being forced to change if they had the ideology of like, oh, it's all about me. They have to switch that to, it has to be relational mm-hmm. or it's not going to work in this day and age. Man, and you're so spot on on that, I, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of the things we talked about when we, we rebranded Spiritually Wounded Podcast to the Redux Church Podcast, the, the original thought process there was, an online church, yeah, right? I remember. Yeah, because we talked all about, <laughs> so it evolved because of a couple reasons. One of them was as I began to, because, you know, obviously in the space that I'm in, I uh, a lot of churches reach out to me, especially during COVID. I had a mm-hmm. lot of churches reach out to me to, to hurry and get online. Like they had yeah. to figure it out, right? And one of the things that I saw, <clears throat> because I was able to kind of objectively look at it, was yeah. that was that folks were trying to shoehorn a typical Western church thing into digital, and yeah, let's just record worship. Let's just record. Yes. There's no change. And then what really gets me, and this is just one of my personal pet peeves. If I would watch, it's like they're still looking out to the congregation, congregation and yeah. there's nobody there. Like, look at the camera. Yeah, film before a live studio audience. <laughs> yeah, right? it's okay. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think that was the whole deal. So, I what I found with Redux, I thought, you know what, honestly just your exact point. Mm-hmm. I am not delusional. And I recognize that there are some people, this is what I always tell people. There are definitely some people who prefer me leading a song in worship than even Bethel or other people like that. Yeah. Why? It has nothing to do with I'm better than them at music and everything oh, yeah. to do with, I have a relationship with that person. Exactly. Right. It's the same kind of mechanism when you watch your kids sing and dance. Yeah. It, for you, it's the greatest experience ever because you're the parent. Yeah. But it's not the greatest performance on the history of the planet. Yeah. You <laughs> right? know how many art pieces got put on the refrigerator exactly. from my grandma? <laughs> and I'm not a Vincent Van Gogh. Exactly. <laughs> and so, so by that same token, I'm not, again, I'm not delusional. So I thought, well, you know what? The, sure, there might be some people who want to to experience worship with me in the way I worship, but but that's not really the point. But, but the other thing is, as it, it, I said, you know, if I'm writing original songs, well, that would be another reason too, right? Yeah. But I'm not. I mean, I have some, as you know, but I mean, that's not my shtick. Yeah. So what is original? My conversation, yeah. right? What we're doing right now has never happened before, won't really ever happen again in this format, and nobody else could do it but you and I. Yeah. Just like this. We could stop the recording, listen back, and try to mimic word right. for word, and it's not going to happen. But yeah. I think that's there's a difference between original and authentic. Yes. And I think like what you're talking about, what I meant by the best worship and all this stuff, it's not, I won't leave a church because I'm like, Oh, the worship. Well, terrible. right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I totally and, got you. But if they're not authentic, right. Cause they could have original songs, right? There's a lot of churches that have original songs, but if it's not authentic, I don't want to be a part of it. Right. I was told once by a very, very, very prominent church person, not from our state. Uh, who said to me, 
because um, I, I was doing a conference mm-hmm. and I played an original song. I don't ever tell anybody, but, yeah. but it was just on the set. And somebody told this person, they asked about it. And it was a woman and she came to me and she said, hey, you need to do songs that you consider to be C-level. If you wrote them, you need to do those songs. And you do other people's A songs, A-level songs, and that's it. And I said, I said, well, I respectfully disagree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, if I can't write a song that I enjoy worshiping to as much as I do you know, Reckless Love or some yeah. other one, then I'm not going to do that. I'm exactly. not, because I'm not in it to promote myself. I'm If I'm writing a song, I'm the songs that I wrote that we do, I wrote out of whatever moment in my life, out of an inspiration of some sort. Yeah. And so it still has meaning, it still has value. And it's, I don't, not one song I've ever written has is my favorite song. Yeah. It's just not, it, and it never was. It didn't have a period of time where I'm like, that's my favorite. No, it never <laughs> yeah. did. There was always somebody else's song that stuck out to me more. So, and that's not a bad thing. It's just a reality. But but to my, you know, my bigger point here, we, we switched the Redux model because um, that was original, right? God speaks yeah. through all of us in original ways. The reason I have different guests on that, uh, podcast is because God speaks to them uniquely. And I want to yeah. bring that out. And, and my goal for the, for the network, when we launched the string grace network, which was about eight months ago, mm-hmm. uh, my goal was that we had an hour of original content per day weekly. Right. Yeah. And across, I remember talking about some of those uh, where you were like, I want yeah. you were like seven hours, uh, new content every day. And I just remember, I remember driving home with Morgan. I thought, that's a lot that Jeremy's trying to yeah. to chew off. Oh, it is. And <laughs> or bite off. And yeah. we, you know, I knew I wasn't going to, I wanted to launch with, with an hour a day and get to that point. Yeah. Well, now we're easily there. I was about to say now. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's the whole thing is, um, you know, I like to tell people God's been building an ark. He's using me to build this ark and, and, um, he's sending the, the wildlife and they're yeah. coming in and I'm just helping them get on the boat. Exactly. Know? And so I think the thing is, I love this platform for that reason. And that's what I wanted to talk about. You know, well, I, I have two things I want to talk about. I want to okay. go back to this dying church thing. Okay. Uh, and then I want to wrap up with the podcast ideas. Um, when you, we were talking about, you know, some of these, the, the church model that we're in, you, you talked about technology and I, and then you said this word a minute mm-hmm. ago about worship and you talked about authenticity. Yeah. Now, I believe, and it's reiterated just a billion times over that the, especially the under 30 crowd, but I would say even the under 40 crowd crave authenticity. Oh yeah. That is their number one quality in life. So when I was doing uh, youth pastoring for a little bit, that's what I would try to tell my leaders. I said, you might think that these middle school and high school kids are not as smart as you but they will sniff out a fake so fast. So if you don't, if you're just here because you feel like I want you to be here, or if you're just here because you want to tell people you're a youth leader, I'm going to respectfully ask you to not just because a kid might be coming in. And I always used to tell them too, I don't want to create an environment where a kid has to be there. I want to create a fun and inviting and authentic environment where a kid might not be coming in to meet Jesus, they might be coming because their girlfriend's there or their boyfriend or so-and-so invited them. I don't want to, I want to create an environment to where the kid might not be coming in to meet Jesus, but they're going to meet Jesus when they're here. Yeah. And that starts with you being authentic. And that starts with you just loving on them. 
And, th- and so that's just so huge yeah. when it comes to the church world. I can't remember what your original question well, was. No, well, my, my whole point, well, I was just, I was saying that, 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 that under 40 crowd craves yeah. authenticity. Yes. And I, and I think the reality is, is that, you know, like when I've worked in those areas of ministry where it's not music, I mean, music mm-hmm. authenticity is actually pretty easy to Very, do. Yeah. I mean, if you love playing and it's, it can be really easy. Right. Cause, cause you can cause it's, if you love a thing, you can't help but be authentic towards it. Exactly. You know what I mean? But when you're talking with someone, like if I was charged to be young adults pastor, which at one point I was in life. Yeah. Um, w- w- did I go in there and try to speak, you know, did I say, I don't remember all the words that they said, but you know, the common vernacular, I don't, I, I know yeah. I can't do that. And if I did, what would they do? <laughs> yeah. They it's ex- not you. It's not, it's not me. You. Yeah. They expect me to be a 45 year old dad. Exactly. And I'm going to have a dad bod and dad shoes and dad, dad stuff. Dad jokes. Yeah. Dad jokes. All of it. <laughs> now, now I'm not going to over the top that either. I'm just going to be me, but that's what they want. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of uh, churches fall short is that they, they get into, they, they do demographics. They do all right. of this stuff, which I'm not, I'm not saying is a terribly bad thing. No, but if you make an adjustment to who you are based on demographics. Exactly. So they're, yeah. or they're sending out surveys to people and what can we do better? Which is again, feedback's great, but my, and I go back to even just being a person or just even going to church. If I have to, if a church has to fake who they really are, mm-hmm. then even if they get a thousand people to come in, eventually that fakeness is going to wear off and the true, whoever the true colors are, are going to come out. So why not just start with being authentic and be yourself and then you'll attract people that are attracted to that and then you don't have to ever fake it. Right. It's like (laughs) telling a lie. I mean, it really is. If you tell a lie, you have to carry that on for however long the person you told the lie to is in your life. Yeah. Well, that's a long commitment I'm not willing to make. (laughs) I was grounded my entire eighth grade year because I just kept lying. (laughs) So I know. (laughs) Which is the constant. Yeah. Everything I said was yeah. a lie. Well, that's just weird. Yeah. So what did that, you lie about? Well, first it was like, that was when MySpace was just becoming a thing. Uh, I wasn't supposed to have a MySpace and did. And then my parents found out. So I tried to be like, no, that's, that's not me. That was someone else made that type thing. And then it just evolved from that. And then, and, and then I, I wasn't grounded the whole time because of that, but, but then yeah. I got ungrounded and then lied about he something. Goes lying I, yeah, again. Yeah. I went to a movie that I told my parents I didn't type thing. And so it was just, it was just, I was hard headed. Yeah. So I like, you said it past tense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Actually, I don't think you are hard headed. So, but my personal experience with you is not that. So yeah, I will defer to your parents on that one. Don't ask them, please. No, I won't. Well, here's what I want to talk about. Um, we got about 15 minutes left. And one of the things when we were around the fire pit months and months ago during the, uh, shutdown and we were talking about what became stream grace network. Um, we talked about a bunch of podcast ideas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I was just firing them off at you. You were. Boom, boom, boom. I I was like, let's do all of this (laughs) right now. Yeah. Yeah. So man, let's talk about some podcasts. What were some of the things that you talked about? Well, I think that goes back to the whole like, Hey, if we were to play this whole thing back, we probably couldn't. Cause I don't remember all of them. Uh, Well, yeah. You, cause yeah, they're, yeah. But I have, so I have a buddy, shout out Mike Montgomery at modern builds. Yeah. Uh, He, he's big into YouTube. And so when I stopped, uh, youth pastoring, he's like, what are you going to do now? And I was like, I'll probably just work at school. He's like, no, he's like, you need to start marketing yourself on YouTube and doing this and this, and then you can get speaking gigs. And so that just kind of got the ball rolling on 
just different ideas that I would just take down. Um, obviously I haven't done any of those. Um, just because kind of like what we talked about before the podcast, there's so much equipment that can go into that, that if you're not fully, fully committed, then yeah. it's a very big money, uh, money pit. Um, but just, yes, f- <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to tell you that, do I? <laughs> no, or my business partners. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're, Jeremy's looking for investors to buy new toys. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I mean, you can call me, but yeah. But if, yeah, I won't go there. But. You can send me a DM. <laughs> Slide into my DMs, yeah, as please. the young people yeah. say. My cash app is, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, I, th- I remember one of my ideas. We were like workshopping the name, something like Buddies, Brews, and the Bible yeah. or something like that. I remember where, that one. Uh, just a few, a uh, couple of people can sit down, have a coffee, have a beer if they want, um, and just talk about life and then also get to talk about the Bible. Because again, if you're, if your identity's in Christ, mm-hmm. then the Bible our church, like you've said before, church can happen wherever and the Bible can talk for forever. Speaking of Mike, we've had, he used to be my roommate and I remember some nights we'd just be sitting on the roof and talking about just different things. He, he wasn't, he didn't go to a Christian school. He kind of went to church with us a little bit, but he would just have questions. And so we would just talk and talk and talk and talk. And those are some of the best conversations we would have. Um, and it didn't happen in a church. Oh, you know, (laughs) yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't an ordained pastor or anything like that. Well, then none of it was valid. Yeah. Yeah. Does not count. (laughs) Uh, no. So that was one of them. Um, I had one where I was calling it, I was going to call it like three for five Fridays, like three things, uh, in five minutes or less to better your life. Um, there was one, uh, I called it just a thought and I, it was kind of the same premise of like, Hey, here's what I've been kind of thinking on type thing. Um, you could turn that into an interview if you wanted, just getting different people's opinions because, uh, one thing I've learned growing or being older now is that a lot of people have a lot of different opinions yeah. and that doesn't mean you have to agree. Right. And it doesn't mean that they're 100% true or you're hundred percent true. It just means that their interpretation was a little bit different. Right. And I think I, I love hearing other people's side of the story um, and not making a judgment until I hear that. And I think that's been a big learning point for, for me in the last few years is that not taking what I've heard from one person and actually trying to figure out what that what yeah, that actually is the old adage is there's your version there's my version and then there's the truth <laughs> exactly right and i think working with kids too i mean you learn that very fast sure uh working with kids it's it's your version the kids version the version they told their parents and then the actual truth yeah um and so working with students and kids for as long as i have it's really helped me mature in that because adults adults are just old kids, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, they're not too much different than, uh, <laughs> how they act. I was going to see if I had any more notes. I was going to look. Oh yeah. Cause I, I was looking the other day. Um, you know, I think it's funny. I, I, I want to spend a little time on that, uh, interpretation thing. Cause this is something that I find myself doing it, because I've worked at four or five churches in my time, about 25 years. Yeah. Um, I often get asked questions from people who, because all of these churches somewhat touch each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some relationship with each other. And, Which they should. 
I yeah. think that's another whole big conversation. Yeah, it's a good thing. That, hey, we all worship the same God. Right. Right. <laughs> so let's stop turning this into a competition and let's oh, stop working gosh. together so that way we can impact the community the state yeah. or whatever but so sorry no right. that's that's soapbox <laughs> is worthy of standing on yeah but I, but what was funny is is i'll get asked these questions because i'm like on the quote-unquote inside yeah and i find myself pre uh predetermining what this person's stance already is exactly and then throwing out the other side of that <laughs> because it's like you just know like yes. like uh there was a circumstance where I felt like the whole world was against this one specific person. And I'm like, well, actually, and, and, and from my standpoint, I mean, I had no reason to not also be yeah. against that person. But on the other side of that coin, I like to, I want to get to the root of things. So, so I'm looking, I'm not just looking at a person's actions. I'm like, well, why did they get there? Right. I mean, if yeah. you have an abusive parent, Odds are they were abused. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't excuse their actions at all, but it doesn't, too many people want to pass judgment and go, well, they're just pure evil. Yeah. <laughs> I think you hit on two big things that if everyone could understand, our lives would be a lot more peaceful. One, there's always a why to something. And yeah. why is, why is it that, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? If they're, if someone is being abusive or being rude or being, however you want to say it, why are they that way? Right. And then another one I, and I forgot the second one, so that's cool. well. They're both good points. That's for, well, no, and 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 I think that's the thing. Even when people are maniacal, mm -hmm. right? Um, on on one of our episodes, we had a, a, a therapist on who talked about um, uh, narcissism. Mm -hmm. uh, not on one of my shows. It was on uh, Brutal Life. Okay, and and so on on that show. What was interesting to me is the narcissist is a person who's you know so self absorbed they can't even see like exactly they can see nothing wrong with themselves, yeah. right? Well, that sucks for them. Like I, my heart goes out to that person because like one, they're going to short circuit and ruin pretty much every relationship in their entire life. Oh, it's impossible. It's impossible. Not. not exactly. And they're going to blame everybody else for that short circuit. Yeah. That is a hopeless place to be. Yeah. And I literally like off, maybe I don't remember if it was off air or not, but I, I asked like, so there's Medicaid because it's a diagnosable medical condition. And I'm yeah. like, so is there a, a medication you can take like for like, like you can for depression or something mm -hmm. else? And they're like, nope. <laughs> and Whew. I'm like, wow, that's, well, that's very disheartening. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there isn't there because it, it, it's a state of a delusion. Yeah. Right. So it's, it lives in a space that's similar to schizophrenia, except it's not schizophrenia. It's wow. just straight up delusion. I didn't know that. It's weird, right? That's crazy. And and so the only hope for that person is a true, well, well what we would say come to Jesus moment or yeah. just an awakening of what's, what, where am I really at? Yeah. And, and so you, so I look at that and I'm like, okay, but, but now there are people who are quote unquote born narcissists mm -hmm. who, who can go through therapy to, to correct that. But then there are made narcissists and, and I would, I mean, I don't know this, but I would think that there's probably more made narcissists than born narcissists. It would make sense. Um, because a made narcissist, right there, it's a defense mechanism. Mostly people, and this is per ther the therapist, people who were abused, traumatized in some way as a child, that's their defense mechanism. Yeah. Is, is it's not, especially if they felt to blame for those things. So you see it often in sexual abuse mm -hmm. because they will feel like they're to blame and their defense is, nope, 
I'm not to blame, and now I'm not to blame for anything. Yeah. It just goes nothing, overboard. Yeah, nothing is my fault now. Yeah. Right. And so for me, like, in spite of being on the receiving end sometimes of uh, or victimized, if you will, which I'm not a victim, so I don't like even using that term, but yeah. um, I still can have compassion for those folks because of knowing what's behind it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that was probably going to be my second is there is a why. So let's be compassionate and help yeah. figure out what that why is and not saying accept their excuses, but understand that those excuses are coming from somewhere and it's not necessarily your fault, but be loving. I think right. if, if we can just all learn to love, yeah, <laughs> that that's, would, that's, would solve a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just ponder that for a moment. Let's take a moment here. Yeah. Just everyone just process. What would it be like to love? <laughs> I had to use one sound effect. You had to. You brought the soundboard out. I've only got four. <laughs> I've got four go to. You used the beep earlier when I said oh, bird true. poop. Why? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. This is uh, a Christian podcast. That's no. right. <laughs> At the very least, family friendly, right? Yeah. Um, there we go. Man, dude, I, I'm so glad you came on the show. This is cool. You got to come back. Yeah. We, we need to do, I need to have you on the Redux Church. For sure. And talk through some stuff there. We, we're still in the middle of that series of like about the church and, uh, yeah. and as we were talking, man, I just kept thinking, all right, maybe I have found the perfect person for this particular topic that I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cause we, we'll be wrapping up that series here. I don't know if you noticed, but we did switch the format on that one. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday releases of 30 minute shows. I saw that it was 30 minute shows. I hadn't realized what days yet. Yeah. So we were releasing them three times a week. So okay. technically we've upped the frequency or the yeah. amount of content by 30 minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, it's, it's been good. And uh, I do enjoy that podcast and I enjoy this one because it's just, you know, whatever we want to talk about. Oh yeah. There's no pressure. Yeah. It's easy to do. And I mean, you know, it's fun and we hope that you guys enjoy this podcast. I don't know why I had to get so... Uh, Man, you you zeroed We hope that you guys do enjoy this podcast. And like I said at the top of the show, man, the best thing you could do is actually not just subscribe. I did say that, but share it. If this is information that you think people would enjoy or just, you know, entertainment. I don't know if it's entertaining, but <laughs> if you find it entertaining, I would really appreciate you sharing it with somebody and be specific. I think t- this week I would like you to share it with your step mother if you have a stepmom share this episode if you don't have a stepmom just share it with your real mom that's right Perfect. not real mom sorry your biological your mom. biological i don't want to step on toes it's there. uh what if she identifies as non-binary <laughs> i'm not we don't going there. all right god bless you guys <laughs> thanks have a great week and we'll see you next time